0: Hi Yana, Hi. I'm Vaughn and want to say hello to you and thanks for joining us today. Hello, good morning.
1: Hi everyone, hi everyone.
0: So Yana, can you tell us a little bit about your background in art and how did you come about uh, about being a part of this project?
1: Okay, the background in art is... uh... I uh, I come from a uh, family of artists. I'm actually the third generation. Uh, there are two generations before me and um, I wasn't actually given much of a choice. I just landed in, uh, in this profession and uh, I was doing it since the age of, since I remember, since before I remember myself. My mama tells me a proud story that my first piece of art uh, that I did, uh, at the age of three was stolen from the exhibition. <laughs> the only piece that was stolen from the exhibition child children's exhibition was mine. So, <laughs> um, give it or take it. It's the um, info that I was given about myself, but, um, uh, no, at, um, in course, in the course of my life, I, asked myself this question many times, whether it was a choice or I just happened to be there and I have uh, deviated from um, practicing art at some point. I actually had a whole crisis after age of 30 and uh, I tried exploring other professions. I became a designer and then a programmer. I was pretty successful with that, but I have gradually discovered that it wasn't for me, that the corporate environment certainly didn't fit me. From the very comfortable, interesting profession that didn't turn out as I hoped it would, I went back to into painting. So here I am, uh, many years later. I'm happy with this choice. It is, I'm an artist.
0: Nice, beautiful story. So you um, all decided to take part in this exhibition at a very interesting time what's going on in your country at the moment, how's that affecting you and your family members and and loved ones?
1: Well, to begin with, uh, this project was was conceived and actually formed uh, way before the latest events have uh, started. It was actually postponed because of COVID. Uh, It was supposed to happen in 2020, but then it's only because the collection couldn't return to the country that there has to be, had to be found another way to, you know, not to make it a dead weight. So yes, this should be considered considered as a silver lining to these horrible events. That uh, actually the project is having a life of its own and it's, uh, you know, taking another shape and an importance. I'm very happy to participate in it. My participation in in it was dis- a little bit despite myself because I know the I know people who were at the um, uh, source of uh, this idea uh, at the beginning of the project, and uh, since one of my works, very early works, that don't look like much like what I do now happened to be in the collection of one of these people and uh, therefore is uh, participating in this project. So uh, all of that is happy. Now, you asked how the war is affecting me. I am a little bit afraid to talk about that because I, I become very emotional, but uh, to to make long story short, it is horrible. I was um, in shock and very disoriented in the beginning. After the initial shock, I had to uh, put myself together and organize evacuation of my mother from from Ukraine, from Kyiv. And there are still, uh, there are parts of my family, close and further family who who have remained uh, over there, who didn't want or couldn't evacuate. The status of uh, refugee is not a piece of cake. I'm telling you, it's it's weighing heavily on me and on my mama. It's very difficult. One would think of it as a um, you know opportunity to stay a prolonged time in Paris, but in fact, one thing is to be a tourist, another thing is to be a refugee. So it is extremely complicated. But I wouldn't stress on that because you know every every day I watch news almost continuously and. Uh, this can't even approximately be compared to, to what people are experiencing over there. I mean, when you read about Bucha or Mariupol or, or Odessa or Kyiv, this is just horrible. This is just horrible. And, uh, I find myself crying very often. I try to do my best in helping in the way I can well what can i say i i really hope everyone says people hope for peace to be as to happen as soon as possible i hope for the total victory of ukraine because this is the only guarantee that in fact this will not happen again because i'm not sure whether your public is aware of the fact that uh, the war didn't start two months ago it started in 2014 at minimum, and uh, if you go into story, into history, Ukrainian history, um, I won't do it now and here, but it has started much before, much earlier, not even 100 years earlier, much earlier. So my main regret is, beside and beyond the obvious inconveniences and state of emergency, I I cannot, I cannot work. It has interrupted my working and thinking process and uh, I'm trying to make sense somehow to resist the absurdity of the uh, situation. I will eventually work out. I have actually uh, done another project that um, was um, addressing the same issues in 2014, just after the um, Crimea annexation. Uh, But then, you know, no one understood the importance and um, scale of um, importance of uh, those events and the scale of impact on the world generally. So this is what I'm guessing everyone is uh, realizing now. Thank thank you so much for sharing that, um,
0: your thoughts. And I know it's weighing heavier on you, weighs heavier on us because we don't get as much information as we would like to get.
1: I so. know, it's a problem, it's a problem because most of information, the most precious and um, uh, fresh information comes from analysts and journalists who are not necessarily translating it because they don't have time, because there are no resources, and uh, it somehow gets lost in trans- I, I because I listen to the news in four languages. Um, Actually, the United States is doing much better than uh, France, I have to say, to my regret. Uh, It kind of gets in translation in Europe much more than uh, when crossing the ocean somehow. I don't know why, but this is is the way it is. And it is really regrettable. Uh, I wish I could forward, instead of my explanations, I could forward just raw information to all who are interested. And I know people are interested. Unfortunately, resources are lacking.
0: again, thank you so much for for even being here today, for having the strength that you can speak to us. Um, The wonderful thing about your art is that it has so much beauty and poise and ambiguity. And I love the, the use of your colors, of the emotions. How did your surroundings, when you did some of these pieces, and um, provoke or impact your use of canvas during the time?
1: Well, this actually is probably going to be the second part of the answer. What how is war affecting me, and uh, the the fact that I I have difficulties working, or rather, producing working. I always I always work. Uh, but uh, I have to, the The result, what you see in my work is the distilled reality. Basically, I take reality around me and uh, I brew it and then I distill it. And then I, I produce something that translates into colors. And uh, I try to broadcast through that all the feelings. Not necessarily—it's not necessarily narration. i I moved from uh, figurative art. I started for 12 years, first in art school and then in academy. I have a very um, long and robust academic um, upbringing, but uh, somehow this—I cannot express what what I feel and what I think about the surrounding world in a. Traditional um, uh, narrative and figurative form. So, therefore, I moved into some sort of hybrid expression, which is closer to um, abstraction. I keep exploring things in all directions. Maybe my main um, interest remains around, revolves around color, because uh, color is a thing in itself. It's very expressive and it, it contains a lot of. It has lots of content. You can express a lot without saying much. It's like, you know, when you talk to someone, only only 30% of information comes through uh, spoken language. The rest you get from uh, body language, appearance. This is those I've considered color and abstract form to be those 70% of what you can uh, exploit in art rather than 30%, which is narrative. That's that's how it is for me. It's not a rule, it's just my way of approaching it. Do you sometimes um,
0: notice that in a lot of your pieces, there's a, um, a common, common code of color?
1: I definitely have favorite colors. (laughs) I have a long love story with all the red specter of uh, red part of the specter starting from yellow and finishing in purple. I go through phases uh, you know like Picasso had his blue period and then uh, pink period and all that that happens to every artist you have some dominant interest in what you do and uh, since i do things that revolve around color i have love stories with different colors different colors take different importance in stages of my life very interesting presence of brand blue i i sometimes i can't even touch them and sometimes they become predominant i don't particularly like green but that changes every now and then etc etc it, it all depends and um I, I've, I've studied, I've read a lot about the meaning of colors and uh, discovered that there is no such thing as uh, universal meaning of any color. It's all pretty cultural, but um, mainly it falls into accidental and oriental interpretation and then goes into details, which is very interesting. I could talk for hours about that, but probably it's- I
0: think a, that's great i was going to ask you if you can elaborate on some of the colors and what those colors mean to you because i'm sure it's some like you said i see a lot of blues there's some sea foams in there as well and those colors mean something to me but when you were working with those pieces and you were fabricating them and constructing them what did those colors mean to you at the time like those purples because purple means something to me
1: purple is one of those complex colors that has been um named and appeared in civilization uh, very late in time. Generally, you know, primary colors have appeared pretty quickly, uh, like red, black, brown. Blue took time for civilization to even name. Purple has appeared really, like, I think purple has appeared. The pigment and the name for the color and uh, the use of it has appeared, I think, in uh, late early 20th century, so it's really color. Purple is interpreted um, as uh, a color of uh, uh, sophistication, uh, heightened sensitivity, uh, emotional uh, uh, fullness, I would say, emotional exuberance, luxury as well, goes in there as well. It's also one of the most volatile pigments that really interacts very strongly. It's not, it's, it's actually pretty annoying on itself, but if you put it in interaction with other colors, it impacts really strongly to what is next to it. It doesn't look the same next to yellow, next to red, next to blue, next to brown or green, it all plays very differently. So it's not actually a color on itself. It, it's a component that augments, heightens the the what's next to it, basically. And then
0: also I noticed that there's some shapes in some of your pieces. How do these shapes come about?
1: It all depends on the occasion. Shapes are more, uh, you know, I, I allow myself random exploration I have a few favorite subjects. One of them is behind me. It's um, poppies of all si- of all kinds. I like um, the fact that they exist in all colors, the fact that they are very bright in colors. And this is one of those things that remain from uh, actually real life figurative life uh, that made it made its way into um, uh, almost inaltered into my paintings. and I like to play with this idea but uh, also all sorts of geometrical shapes. I had this um, seven year long career in uh, programming. So I'm actually, I was pretty good at math in the school. So uh, I kept this at this capacity and uh, tendency to conceptualize things. Some mathematical concepts um, are actually visually quite compelling. so. I exploit that every now and then. There will be an exhibition, this, this picture actually is going to travel with me and be exposed in this upcoming exhibition in New York. New Yorkers, please come. Uh, the exhibition opens on the 2nd of June, uh, the day Thursday. It's the day of uh, Lower East Side Gallery Walk. Uh, the gallery name is Azuleo Art Gallery. And uh, lots of what we're talking about is going to be exposed there. It's, it's all around color that, in this case, is also going to be connected, slightly connected politically. Yeah. You understand? <laughs> but also pieces like um, uh, Golden Ratio, Rorschach Splashes, or other mathematical formulas that I won't describe here because I'm afraid to put people off, but uh, it's all rather (laughs) visual. It's all rather visual. So, um, you know, color and and geometrics, that's it.
0: You can totally see the symmetry. That's what I was gonna ask you as well. I noticed that some of your pieces, they they're not that they they don't spill over as much as some of the others, but they seem to be. The composition is very uh, balanced. Even if a piece or the subject is slightly adjusted to left or right, justified left or right, I still feel an element of balance, which is beautiful.
1: Well, thank you. But this is my upbringing. Uh, uh, academic upbringing teaches you composition, <laughs> whether it's uh, abstract or figurative. You still have to compose in the in
0: your canvas. So. And then for some of your um, the mixed media pieces that you have, can you explain some of those? Your procedures or some of the ways you produce those because I'm looking at some pieces that appear to be somewhat mixed media.
1: You know, after lots of thinking and conceptualizing of uh, what I'm actually going to do and visualizing it um, mentally, I like the part which is splashing and smudging I can't. Oh yes, I see. I see that <laughs> one is actually yes. That has a very important mathematical concept behind it, which is called Voronoi tiles. But never you mind. It's it's all about <laughs> random and it's triangular and uh, it's it's about color again. You know, it's about con- complementary color again. Splashing, splashing and smudging and uh, mm. and pouring. And, um, and then I like transparent stuff that gives you, this is actually one of those very ancient classical techniques where you layer colors and they become brighter. They become certain colors that you cannot achieve with just pigment. You have to layer stuff with all the contemporary possibilities with the phosphorescent colors, uh, with fluorescent colors. If you layer those with traditional pigments, it gives you very um, complex and uh, to my taste, very interesting result. So this is what I explore, continue exploring every time. Beautiful. It's it's a controlled chaos or so I like it to be. I'm trying to produce a controlled chaos.
0: Wow. Yeah, you definitely did that. They're very remarkable. That's why we wanted to speak to you. We're here Yana, now. this is Armand. Hello, nice We're, to meet you. I nice just to wanted you. to uh, say I uh, really appreciate your work. Um, I can see the emotion behind it, and I, I enjoy uh, your craft that you shared with us. And thank you for sharing your story, also with uh, you know your fight to Ukraine. um, What do you hope people, or visitors, or anyone that comes across your work can take away from this exhibition?
1: I would. um, I hope it won't be interpreted as um, self-importance, but um, I would like to be one of many who promotes. image of Ukraine and who informs the American public on artistic scene uh, of coming from Ukraine. I might have uh, left from Ukraine long years ago, but I have uh, kept a tight connection and there are actually projects that were planned for right now that had to be cancelled because of the war. All of that is just to say that um, I I think that for years, people around the world, uh, not only in the United States, but generally everywhere, couldn't place Ukraine on the map. I think they were missing on a treasure and uh, I am proud to be one of the representatives of this treasure. Hope people get the message and uh, uh, pay more attention to Ukrainian art and artists.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much for uh, sharing Thank your, you. Your voice and uh, your artistry with us. Thank you. And actually, the um, all of the admission prices that's collected from tickets for this exhibition at Coral Gables Museum through October is going to be going to a um, organization in Ukraine as well, which is listed on the, the
1: press release. If you want. I know, I know. It's it's very kind and it's important. And there will be percentage from the sales on uh, this upcoming show as well going to. Um, and I hope some military uh help um i like to concentrate on military help but um i don't know whether it's possible it's still in under under um, uh negotiation
0: so one more time can you tell us june 2nd
1: june the second through june 22 and uh, the gallery is called Azulejo art uh the night of the opening is the lowest side Uh, gallery walk. Uh, The gallery is included in the the planning. Well, I hope they also visit Ukrainian painting exhibition because of painting in excess, because there they will find uh, generally painting in excess. So I think it's an important piece of information not to miss.
0: So hopefully we'll get to meet you in person. Your work is unbelievably beautiful and mesmerizing just like yourself. And stay strong for your country and for all your loved ones. Thank Thank you so much for for stopping by with us.
1: Thank you. you. Thank Thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye.